Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Bill and Ted, party on, excellent, wow! Oh, I'm, all, I'm so angry already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Bill and Ted's world! <laughs> oh. oh, the comparisons are there, mate. They're from no, the I, same I, I, pool I of friends. It's a... It's a some something of a talking point about these characters that there's also Wayne and Garth and Beavis and Butthead all floating around at the same time. Party on, Wayne! Party on, Garth. Wait, that is right, isn't it? Can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Be Wayne to each other, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do... They've become one. Oh no. Um. Anyway, hello... Uh, with me to do the podcast today. Oh shit! I didn't say my name, did I? I am Richard N. Esquire. Don't know how this works either. Um, <laughs> my most excellent colleagues are also here. Uh, Anthony, how's it going, dude? Oh, <laughs> Good. <my God. laughs> and uh, the most triumphant Abigail Bain. <laughs> <laughs> And the <laughs> and the totally heinous Jamie. I ah, uh, you should have been, you should have said that I'm not strong. I'm a silky boy. <laughs> yeah. my, oh God, it's my favourite line in the film. I think. Well, there it is. Uh, yeah. Hello, welcome to Spotify Film Conversation. Hooray! Um. Sort of a special ep. We're doing the 300th episode of Spoilerfield Film Conversation. Hooray. Um, we try to put our heads together and think of something clever. I mean, we dodged the obvious. Let's review 300. We knocked that right on the head. Um, but instead, we've gone with um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because uh, we were divided on whether it was good or bad. Um, we we had two of us think it was terrible, and the other two think it's pretty good. And we're like, oh, that would be good. We could go to war. Episode three hundred. Um, <laughs> you know why not? We Who haven't. Are the uh, which side is which? Ah, well, we we'll, we shall see now. When everyone gives their expectations. The Spart- no, I mean, who are the Spartans and who are the uh, Trojans? The Persians. Persians. Well, there's not three hundred of us. Oh Christ! Important. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the metaphor is going to work there. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to be uh, the evil podcast robots versus the real. I don't <laughs> That's know. Better. Thank <laughs> you. The, the real. I don't know. Positive. Which one is the real one? Is the real opinion being it's good, or is the real opinion it's bad? Doesn't work. Mm. That's what we're going to work out. Whoever, yeah. whoever doesn't get their head punched off at the end wins. Metaphorically. It's already lost. Anyway, um, Anthony, can you give the details of uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, please? Indeed. So, uh, yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was released in 1991. Uh, it's a science fiction comedy film uh, written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, directed by Pete Hewitt. And the film is about... Um, so the utopian future, which is built on the music of Bill and Ted, is comes under threat 
uh, when a would-be conqueror threatens to throw history off track by sending evil versions of Bill and Ted back to kill them uh, and change the course of history. Terminator style. Indeed. The film stars Ken Reeves, Alex Winter, William Sadler, Joss Ackland, uh, Pam Greer, George Carlin, Amy Stock, and some other people. And it's a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Just in case people are like, what? <laughs> also, yes, and is now the middle part of the trilogy. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, you know, it's it's that's another reason I guess we did it now, is that came out fairly recently for us as we're recording. Um, uh, don't beat the podcast. Uh. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Fucking brought it up, mate. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair cop there, I think. <clears throat> no, but yeah, it, I still haven't seen it. I think Anthony's the only one who's actually seen it so far. Yeah, me and Abby yes. were, were going to, and then we were like, "Oh, really? we're doing Why? well." No, because like we watched the first movie and this one for the podcast, and then we're like, "Oh, we'll do the th- now, as soon as it's out, we'll watch the." third one but it doesn't affect the third one doesn't affect retroactive like doesn't affect bogus journey does it because like bill and ted's excellent adventure that didn't plan the sequel in advance and so the sequel to bogus journey and excellent adventure doesn't you know they don't once... it does actually surprisingly i mean anthony i've only read this stuff but anthony can uh confirm it like it like death william sadler from this movie i know is back in the new one, and also it does, like I thought the two babies that are revealed at the end of this one clearly meant to be boys, but were actually played by baby girls so there's like a there's a surprising bit of continuity there that now in the new one they have two daughters Anthony, can you confirm any continuity between the, the sequels? The, um... Considering the type of continuity these films have anyway, <laughs> that's true. It you know it it fits in. Yeah, it's a it, it does it does a decent job of going like, oh, we haven't totally forgot the other two films. Indeed, Here's... we need to know about them for them this to work. Hmm. I was just very happy to see uh, William Sadler back, um, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Ah, so Jamie has given his hand away there. He is one of the few people, few, he's one of us that likes Bogus Journey. Isn't that right, Jamie? Yes. Let's say, actually, we all like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Which is why we didn't feel like it really needed that much discussion. Yeah, I mean, everyone, most people like it as like a cult 80s classic. I mean, it's a great comedy, it's silly, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, probably, but it's like a really good, famous like you know big it's like a small budget successful 80s comedy and loads of people have heard of it it's always referenced it's good stuff what's to say it's an mostly inoffensive family friendly comedy with some surprisingly clever time travel stuff in and some exceptionally like stupid humor that it absolutely revels in yeah yeah so people could easily be wound up or found load could find things to nitpick with it but it's just beloved. And and it was beloved enough at the time to get a sequel a couple of years later. 
and then and a cartoon and a TV series. Yeah, so we've seen the cartoon. Yes, I, I think. Yeah, I think it was actually my first um, experience of Bill and Ted was yeah. watching the cartoon. I, yeah, I think I saw the cartoon first, and then the first film, and then this, and it was one of the. It was one of my first experiences of seeing a sequel and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it's just so out of the fucking just the shotgun blast approach to ideas in the sequel versus the cartoon and I've also seen some of the live action series out of curiosity on YouTube and it is awful um, it okay. doesn't have any of like the because the cartoon actually had uh, George Carlin as Ruth first and then Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter for like the first season that's I think. pretty good yeah I mean this was before um, either of them well, either of them were stars. This was before Keanu Reeves was a star. Um, no offense to Alex Winter, who I honestly don't understand watching this, why his career didn't... He's a director now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I say his career didn't take off. I think that's only in comparison to Keanu Reeves, who became a, you know, a fucking huge megastar, whereas I almost feel like Alex Winter maybe deliberately stepped back a little bit. Um, but... Um, yeah, they were all in the first series, this first season of the cartoon, and then I think they got replaced. Um, but it's just two guys in the in the live action series who were like, it's it's like getting like impersonators for a kid's birthday party. <laughs> like it's fucking, it's so weird. Yeah, that's odd. Um, Abby, you've not seen the cartoon, have you? I don't think so. Maybe like in passing. Hmm. But not in any way that I can actually talk about it coherently. No, I saw it, but in my childhood, I don't really remember it very well. I was obsessed with Bill and Ted when I for a period when I was a kid. I really, so. li- I really like Rufus, like the character Rufus, probably more from um, the cartoon because he's not in it either film that much. I mean, it's George Carlin, you know. It's yeah, but it's not. It's George he, Carlin not being himself though. He's still he's being like a slightly aloof, cool guy rather than. A ranting comedian. He did, yeah, but he was known as you know he was known for especially from like the seventies um, and I guess the eighties. Like he didn't do the ranty old man thing until the nineties and two thousands. But he was always known for being very kind of intelligent with his comedy, and it kind of does give the film a little bit of an anchor, so that it's not, or at least the first one. I guess he's he's not in this one enough to really do that. But um, in the first one, it gives it a little bit of a. It's almost like he's there saying, "Now I know this is all very silly, but <laughs> like <laughs> I'm cool, also, so this is cool." For, yeah, um, and also for this one and the first one, presumably the third one, there's a very clear affection for these characters from everybody involved, and I think that's what actually this—that's more of a conversation for towards the end, I think. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, our other person who's a big fan of Bogus Journey as well as Excellent Adventure is you, Anthony, yes? That's right. And I think, other than, you know, you know, I think it's a good film, uh, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that it's part of my collection of watching the sequel first. You, do, you, only, uh, you only exclusively watch <laughs> sequels first and then go back it and find the so. original. It seems so. Um, so yeah, I, I like uh, caught a few episodes of it on um, of the cartoon on TV, 
And then I don't know. I think I like rented Bogus Journey. Like it wasn't it wasn't obvious that it's a sequel from the title. And I was a young yeah. child, so who knows? So I I did end up watching that one first, um, yeah. and maybe it's uh, mentally formed something in my brain because Ugh. of that. Well, um, too, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but it has, but not that. It's just it's got like a lot of elements of things I used to watch when I was younger, like a slightly more zany and surreal feel to it that I used to like Some a lot. Some fucking Buckaroo was... Banzai shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, it almost has... I remember it being one of the first films I watched when I was a kid that, like, scared me, but not... Because I was such a wuss when I was a kid that I wouldn't watch movies that were scary. And this was, like, scary enough, but also... I was like, but it's Bill and Ted, I have to keep watching it. Oh, was it the devil or the grandma's kisses or the bunny? It was was them in their, like, personal hell when you had the the fucking creepy Easter bunny, which honestly still kind of shit me up a little bit when I watched it this (laughs) time. And then, but the fact that that sequence is then immediately followed by death coming back and then playing various modern games to win back their mortality, like, it, it 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 was enough of a relief that that kind of, like, set, like, that, that brought me back down, and I, and I could watch the rest of the film, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it influenced the kind of shit that I like ever since. Hmm. I think there's yeah. definitely a fact that uh, we're all born more or less mid-80s, towards the end, maybe. And then th- you sort of miss out on the 80s classics because you're too young to understand anything you're watching. And then by the time the 90s rolls around, you're starting to watch, you know, kids' films and TV shows. And so it makes more sense then we're coming in on the sequels to 80s movies rather well, than mean, the first ones. The first one almost seems like... Because it was 89, right, the first one? Yeah. Um, and it almost seems like it's the it's one of the perfect films to end the 80s because it kind of encapsulates it really well and and kind of affectionately and then everything moves on to the 90s and then you've got the sequel right at the beginning of the 90s right as like alternative culture cynicism is kind of setting in and mm. this film almost like ushers that in as well because it has a very different more kind of not sinister but like it has a darker tone and a, and a darker sense of humor um also it's the one by a british director which i think shows in like the humor and the attitude of the film yeah yeah we'll stick a stick a pin in this notion of what changed between 89 and the early 90s because you know it's a big factor in the film as well like more than tone it's like everything it's the music it's the yeah Yeah, like just the whole the whole thing is affected by the fact that there's a big change in decade and that genuinely that's a pivotal moment like it really on the smack on the decade 80s 90s very very different you know a little transition but still i mean yeah the first one was 89 and then this one was 91 Hmm. uh but yeah although Hmm. i think it was made quite a few years before that and it was being kind of like shopped around for a long while before it actually got released so i think it's actually a few years older that's because they're like they're fucking into they're into like they're into hair no, metal. I mean, that, 
that explains the big difference between them more yeah. because there's more years than just yeah. two between yeah. them really because they're into like hair metal and then by the 90s it's like fuck off that shit we're into fucking cool grungy alternative music now and it's like Van Halen fuck off they still make, like they quote poison lyrics and they reference I guess Megadeth isn't hair metal but it's 80s you know thrash metal like but yeah. members of Faith No More and Primus have cameos and stuff so yeah. and there's the soundtrack is different-ish but there's still some like Little big bits. 80s guitar solos in there hmm yeah, anyway, uh, so yeah, playing heel for this ep, uh, it's you and me, Abby, we're going to tag team these guys, um, mm. taking the perspective of, it's fucking bullshit, mate, fucking sticking up your ass, mate, fucking, it's a betrayal, a betrayal, <laughs> uh, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not a betrayal, um, but Abby, it's going to be you talking about how the afterlife doesn't exist, therefore this film is shit. <laughs> I mean, one of my talking points is how this is prescribes to a Christian heaven and hell scenario, which I'm not that on the board a with. Bit, but... but also, aliens? Only one black brackets, two aliens are in heaven, ever wearing lavender. Oh, they don't wear lavender. Anyway, more, more qualms later. Heaven, but, yeah. but uh, Abby, you, you were a big fan of uh, the first one. You had a poster mm-hmm. of it in your room and everything, so... I did. And then, what, this one didn't uh, tickle your nuts, did it? This one has nothing to do with time travel, and Bill and Ted have passed through puberty in a way I do not like. <laughs> do, you, do, do you not think, though, like all sequels, they kind of do the same thing? So, like, even though I love Home Alone and Home Alone 2, the same film. So, would it be lame if Bill and Ted were like, now we're in like college or university, we have another exam, let's go steal some people from time? Would it be derivative, though? If it just to, I don't know why I'm playing Devil's Advocate. There's something specifically about Alex Winter. He has had some life experience between the first film and the second film that has made him a little bit grubby. Okay. Yeah. I think the Lost Boys. I think I think weirdly, uh, based on the trailer for uh, the third one, uh, Face the Music. I think. Keanu Reeves can't get back in the right headspace for Ted. Like, Alex Winters looked like he was consistent through all three, but, like, Keanu Reeves like, do you remember how to do this in the third one? Oh, that's because Keanu Reeves has played so many different characters since, whereas Alex Winter did Bill, was in Lost Boys and Freaked, and then just kind of stepped back. Well, come on, he's, like, what, been on a fast-moving bus, he's dodged some bullets back in slow motion... And he's got blue bloody inferno, and then he shot a bunch of tramps. Like, there's not, not, it's not like a career-changing life, is it? I mean, oh, because he got a bit more Buddhist or something. And he was in Dracula. Yeah, that was my blue bloody inferno. Oh yeah. Oh god, god. That's basically I, Ted, I, anyway. That's true. <laughs> um, it's. Do we have, like, a consensus on Keanu Reeves on the podcast? He turned his life around, didn't he? Because, you know, we he had a semi-comeback with Matrix, right? Didn't he? He was like, ooh, I didn't expect you to be in a good action movie. And then it was like, well... And now, he, now, he's done, now that he's done John Wick, all, like, teenagers and 20-somethings now fucking love a bit of him. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, he did... What was that fucking... He was in Cowgirls... Get the blues. What was that one, Abby? You oh, did. Yeah, yeah. For what, 
even cowgirls get the blues, right? That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. So he did a, a host of no. shit, right? No? Is that what it was called? He was in my own private Idaho. My own private he, Idaho? He was in both, he was in he? both. Yeah. Fucking hell, you he were was... on the podcast. <laughs> he was apparently like... trying a... to expunge... Yep. Even cowgirls get the blues from my mind. Well, you should have done that before suggesting it as an episode of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, th- that's my take, is that he's had ups and downs, but he's basically... The action movies he's done have made him have credibility. That's all. Otherwise, people are like, he can't fucking act. He keeps doing stupid Keanu Reeves' voice. So... I don't think... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's... He's good in stuff. Like he's ne- I've never understood. I think there's a weird, or there was a weird, because um, this was one of his first sort of big, or not this one, but the first one and this one were, were two of his first big roles, and people were just like, "Oh, he's just Ted. That's just him in everything." And like, not, not really. Not really. <laughs> like, he's, he's not. He's, he's not very. He's not very diverse as an actor. He's in many ways. He's like Nicolas Cage. He's like. You know, he rises and falls whether you take him seriously yeah, or not and how more, good the film is. He's not an actor that you hire to disappear into a role. He's an actor that you get when you want a specific type of person and performance. Um, hmm. But is also seemingly a, an incredibly like decent person, which I feel like for both of them... Maybe that's why I I like these characters so much is that it or it comes across in their performances. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Bogus Journey. Uh, we'll obviously be referencing the first one occasionally, uh, but you know, me and Abby never took to this, um, and I guess it'll come up the reasons why. But um, essentially, Bogus Journey. Uh, because it's a sequel, it sort of picks up where we left off in a, in a sense. But all you need to know really is that Bill and Ted are kind of <laughs> they're treated as one person. That's established that everyone just knows them as they're a duo and they're thought of as one. They even propose to their girlfriends simultaneously. So they what they're one person while being Will two. Will you marry us? Yeah. I was like, what if one of them says no? That's really awkward, isn't it? I mean, splits their relationship. Anyway, but like, Bill and Ted are odd in that they are both surfer dudes who don't surf, stoner dudes who don't stone. <laughs> they're, they're sort of PG-13-ish. Like, they're into the most rock and roll they get. Well, the most... Well, they get... They, I don't know they say an F, the F word in this. Not the, not the acceptable yeah. one, either. yeah. Yeah, it's that is a that is a problem with both uh, the first two movies is that I get I get the use of it in the first one kind of because the idea is you know they're supposed to be two kind of you know really really childish teenage boys mm. and it was also a word that I think people were more okay with hearing back in the eighties yeah um, and I kind of understand the first use of it in this one because it is the evil versions of them that call them a homophobic slur. Yeah. But then Ted calls no, Abby. Satan one? Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Was <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, if you're going to aim it at anyone. He is a bit, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this big muscular dominatrix <laughs> overseeing this big, this giant cave system of S and M dungeon. I mean, I didn't mean in a, you know, I meant in a in a mean way, not in a actually homosexual. But sure, we've all seen South Park bigger, longer, uncut. <laughs> Definitely, you know. Even think about that. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate to hear that now. It it is one of the it's one of those things you hear and you kind of go, "Ooh, I wasn't expecting that in a PG family film." This mm. is the thing; they're such positive guys as well. It doesn't. They even like they they're like a duo. They're friends. They're moronic. They so, they just have all the sort of dialect of surfer California culture, or skateboarders, or like I guess they're in a band, so they're like you know drop out in a band guys. Um, but they they they're innocent. They don't technically drink any beers, do they? And they don't. Yeah, they're constantly drinking Pepsi. Yeah, I mean, someone's definitely paid up front for that to be there everywhere, especially this one. It's just constantly there. But um, you know, they are nice and they're very positive. And I think the closest they come to falling out is when is it Misty is like Missy, Missy is it? So Missy is yeah. like the hot, attractive. Stepmom of uh, one, is, then the no, other. Isn't it? Yeah, this is one of my favourite recurring jokes. Is the fact that this in the start of this film you have Missy, who was Bill's stepmother in the first, no Ted's, no Bill's, Bill, Bill's stepmother in the first one, and she's like much. She, she's isn't it like she she was like a year or two above them in school. Yeah, uh, and now she and. Now in the sequel, she's left Bill's dad and is with Ted's dad. Yeah, I hate that joke. I like that. Uh, she so fine. hates that in the end credits she then marries fucking what's his name? Denomalous. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the Anthony in the third does she not marry another character? Yes, she marries um, Ted's brother Deacon. Wow. Mm. Oh wow, they brought Deacon in. <laughs> 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 Um, I but was the... I was surprised and and pleased to see in the trailer for the new one that the guy who plays Ted's dad is still alive yeah. and they put him in it. Yeah, he also doesn't look very different somehow. Well, older as they all do, but um, well, all I was saying is the closest Bill and Ted come to falling out is when Ted is like, "She's your mom, dude," and like, 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 stop. Slightly fancying your stepmom, which go- is completely allowed now. These—that's all porn is these days—is oh, fancying your stepmom. So, oh, is this one of the things that contributed to that? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hope not. It definitely did, though. If we could go back in time, I would definitely sort that Freudian shit right out. Just have people have sex with each other. You don't need to make it weird. Anyway, <laughs> um. So they do get there's the narc like Bill gets a bit narky with Ted when he's like, "Shut up, Ted," you know. But they stay fr- like he just Ted smiles at their friend still, and it like at no point is there do they take anything seriously. Even like like in any film, they're just like it's pos- positive, whether they're in hell, dead. You know, they they barely you know because, miss a beat really because of because of the way they're portrayed. It is genuinely heartbreaking when they're actually upset in the films. Like, 
it's I find it really hard not to immediately sympathise with them. Well, it's a really good idea when you've got two morons who are going to be quite irritating otherwise. If they are just endlessly optimistic and nice guys, it doesn't matter that they're a bit thick. And they're not that thick. They're, they're sort of not good academically, but they can think of things. It's just they think of comedy things to get out of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that actually... Cause we mentioned it already, but there's there was there was a trend, you know, comedy double acts have been a thing since comedy's been a thing. Um and then I think in each you know, as as culturally things move forward, each era will have certain sets of double acts who embody a certain kind of idea or type of of, you know, people. Like Laurel and Hardy. It's very of its time as yeah. an example. And then in the eight, in the late eighties and early nineties, you had these two, Wayne and Garth, and then Beavis and Butthead, who were all like, they, they all come from the same moment in culture, and they're sort of different ways to do it. And I feel like there's something about Wayne and Garth. I like Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two, mm. but I don't like those characters as much as I like Bill and Ted. They don't like, feel as believable. I think. I don't. Is it that there's just some like I don't. Is it because they don't have their like like? Is it because I don't know like the fake hair? They feel like sketch characters, and they don't. Yeah. They don't look as young, and they don't like these guys. Are obviously, too. Like Keanu Reeves, obviously, has got the stubble a little. Like not stubble, but you can tell. You can tell they're not high school kids, but they feel more genuine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wayne and Garth don't like. There's a. And it's not a cynicism either, because the other end of the spectrum is Beavis and Butthead, because, like... Yeah. I think it's that Bill and Ted aren't the butt of the joke. Like, they are... Like, they are too stupid to live, realistically. Like, they'd never be able to survive. Sure. Um, but, like... Well, they do they're die. In this, well, yeah. They're in this, like, cartoon world in both films... Whereas, like, with someone like Beavis and Butthead, they, they're stupid to a point of, like, callousness. i got but news for you. Like they're a... in a cartoon world. I, no, but that's what I mean. They are actually in a cartoon world, but a cartoon world that is, like, it portrays it as everything around them is quite grounded and realistic. Well, they have they actual are, music are... videos in their show as well. And they are so absurdly stupid that, like, mm. the world has to figure out how to cope with their existence. Sure. And... And with any any kind of like eighties film before this, Bill and Ted would be the kind of side like the C plot side characters that are only there to kind of like be a joke. Yeah, it's odd that they are the protagonists then, in a way. Yeah. And I don't know if like anything before that kind of did that, but uh, I feel like they started that, the kind of like bringing the um, the obscure characters to the fore and making it their story. Yeah. I think what's odd as well is they're basically the same character on paper. There's no discernible difference other than the look and their names. They, they Characters are interchangeable. They are one almost. So that's odd. Anyway, uh, Abby, what happens at the start of this film to set us up? Because we're not going with the time travel idea that works so well in the first one. That's not true. It starts with it and then kind of shoves it in at the end again. I guess. It shoves. Yeah. <laughs> Crowbars. It really shoves it in at the end. It's just... 
this evil bad guy, Denomalous, sends robot versions of Bill and Ted back from the future to some arbitrary point in the past to uh, kill them, replace them, and... Um, ruin their music? Ruin the battle of the bands that they win and become gods of the future. With yeah. a really awful, ugly statue of them outside the building. Yeah, that was terrible. What the fuck is that? Who are they? <laughs> I will say, right, you've gone in very hard on the, oh god, what a stupid premise, Abby. I was happy with the first part of the movie, so when we were watching this this time, I was like, oh god, I'm actually quite enjoying this. I'm worried I've misremembered my dislike of it. So I was like, oh yeah, okay. Like, I liked, we went to the future, right, and they're all in insane... Like poofy, foam yeah, foam, foam day glow <laughs> claws. It's almost like, like it's turned up, like this, like big white environment with insane glowing, like foam claws, and it's kind of brilliant how stupid it looks. And I, I like, I like that joke, and I liked the future. I liked some of the, the like sort of ridiculous, almost sixties like interior, like sci-fi design where all the screens are jaunty angles. And like they've got well, buttons and glasses that click on your face, and it's very again, like oh cool. It's like um, you know talking earlier about moving into the nineties from the eighties. It is almost you know it's it's gone from being an eighties franchise to something that is kind of taking the piss out of the eighties and the aesthetic. Yeah, it, like, it, like it, it felt like it felt like satire and like a, a good joke rather than just crap. Yeah. Um. Nice little cameo here too from uh, Jim James Martin from Faith No More. See, this this is why they... this is why Jamie likes it. Is this because it's got fucking <laughs> Faith No More all over it? No, 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 no. Because I liked it when I was a kid. This came much later. Plus, um, plus they referenced but... The Exorcist in it. As you I think like. we've oh, yeah, one we hit a little three. chicken and yeah. the egg thing there. What chicken and the true, egg? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my my tastes in everything are like this aerobarus of a snake eating its own ass. <laughs> but, um, but like, uh, yeah, I like that he's the. They introduce him as the founder of the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Society, which is funny because I think like two years later he left the band. <laughs> well, it, it, well, it's a first, first of all, the good bit that I like is it has time travel and a joke. It's, the, it's like basically a lecture where um, oh, what's his fucking name? Just we said it earlier. Um, Carlin's. What's Carlin called in this? Rufus. Rufus. So Rufus, wearing his lame grey foam clothes, and I was like, oh, I'll go back to the leather jacket. That was much better. But he's he's giving a lecture to some students in this University of Bill and Ted or whatever the fuck it is. And, yeah, so he's doing the, he's done the telephone booth time travel thing. They have a telephone booth for time travels. And he's collected ca- like people to talk and give a lecture, like the first film. And so it's like various eras of musicians and I, I like that joke I like who they threw in and I like that they threw in like a someone you'll all know this person and it's some person from between when we're watching the film mm. and the future and it's just some strange yeah. looking woman and I was like oh yes you, you're referencing the fact you could like and no one ever does that in time travel we always t- time travel to fucking what we've already established not the in between future so I like that joke and I did g- genuinely like this set up as like a, oh we're referencing the first one we're set but it, it does straight away get into we're retconning things because 
Who's this bad guy? Why is he not intervened until now? Does he not understand time travel? Why is he going... Why is there this only this window where you can fuck with them? You can go back and kill them. You know, do the whole Terminator thing. Go back and kill them as children. Right? Why are you waiting Look, till the Battle of the Bands to this intervene? Is, the, the first film, you know, as as decently as it handles time travel, you can't think about it too much. No, it, it is. Because they essentially destroy history in the first film. Yeah, they take like, people away went... from like time, but they also... Yeah. There's this weird ticking clock where, oh, remember, when you're time-travelling, you can't come back whenever you feel like. You have to come back to where time is... Like, why is there that... Why can't you just yeah. go, go back instantly? <laughs> like, bit... like, the time yeah. the time travel in the first one doesn't really make sense. And the, on, the only time it's really clever is that bit where they escape from the jail... And they've give, they they've given about, themselves all the stuff yeah, they're going to... They go, I, remember, yeah. I really like that. Um, I still really like that bit. Um, but again, it's one of those things that, like, just don't don't think about it too much. Like, you can't have Abraham Lincoln, say, party on dudes and then go back to his own time and not completely ruin... <laughs> That's true. You they all remember, yeah. Bring fucking Genghis Khan to the 80s and have him not murder everyone he sees. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he'd take some sport, sport and goes home with him, right? And then go and kill people with him. Or he just, he would have gone to an ammunition shop and, I don't know, yeah. They, like, don't, don't think too much about, you know, Joan of Arc got to come and do some aerobics. And, and they let him go back to the time and be and murdered. Be murdered <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're right. You're right. So because I like the first one, I gave it the benefit of the doubt with the stupid nonsense with time travel. I will let some of this time travel stupidity slide in this one. But I, when they call back the oh, we'll in the after we've saved the day, we'll go back and plant like the cage and the key and the like. We'll fuck the the end one. That fucked me off when they started doing that because it I, didn't yeah, didn't even try. It, it, it was just bullshit like, jokes. Like I mean, I feel like the end of this film in particular is they got to a point where they realised they had thrown so much mad shit in there that they're probably never going to get to make another one. So they tried really hard to wrap it up as much as possible. Yeah. Um, we'll come to the end I, of I was going to say, about the first one, I learned from another podcast recently, um, oddly enough, a podcast about old video games called Retronauts, where they were talking about uh, Bill and Ted games from the early 90s. Apparently, originally, Napoleon in the first one was going to be Hitler. Oh, my God. We're going around a water park. They... Yeah, Christ. Yeah, kind of glad they, they changed their minds. Well, anyway, that's off topic. Well, this is Bogus Journey, guys. And at this stage, we've had our first thing that knocked me off entirely, which is uh, we get our first mention of the word station. Which goes on to be a hilarious running joke that makes no fucking sense and has apparently, no purpose. Apparently, it was a drunk thing that 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 got like not accidentally, but just sort of ended up in the film. Well, it's like an in joke, isn't it? Something to do with uh, the rumor I heard was station was all about. The script accidentally had the word "station" as a location across the pages. Like it was some sort of error, and then it became an in joke, and now. The in-joke is in the film constantly, and I do not get how it's meant to be funny at any point. It is a, it is one of the ones that, like, it. it's not even that it doesn't land necessarily, it's just that it isn't anything. It's like, given it's so much... Odd. Like, people keep saying station, 
like out of context. And then at the end, one of the characters is called Station, and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, you can call an alien whatever you fucking want, but why the fuck is it also a term and phrase that gets used all the time? The the most generous way of looking at why it is in throughout the film is as an indicator that Bill and Ted do win in the end, because otherwise people wouldn't be saying it the whole time. I shouldn't obviously... be saying it. It's not a catchphrase. It's not like their phrase. It's just someone's. No, name. but it's what. No, but station the character. It's all he says, and he is. Is he a fucking Pokemon? To... What's the <laughs> kind oh. of yeah. He is introduced to the world at the end of the film when they win and they broadcast their music everywhere. So that would mean in the future that would explain why people are saying it as a term of like something being positive, which yeah, but would like, then indicate that they do ultimately win no matter what Denomalous does. But, like, but I what... really think I'm giving them a lot of credit for that one. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, if the Red Hot Chili Peppers saved the day, it would be like if Flea's name was a catchphrase. Flea! Flea! Like, you don't, it's not, they don't, it would be, you'd say something from their lyrics or what their no, philosophy. It's because, it's because he says it. It's because it's all he says. Well, Flea didn't talk, does he, in Red Hot Chili Peppers? Anthony, where, where do you... It was awful. Yeah. Anthony, what about you? Where where do you stand on this um, joke? I didn't. Honestly, I didn't really notice it. I oh did notice God. people saying station, but it's like, <laughs> doesn't really affect anything. I, no, that's the thing. Is it? And I do think I do think my read is generous. Um, yes. And the only thing I keep thinking about is in the song that Faith No More did for the movie, if you want to hear Mike Patton very quietly in the background go, Station, then listen to the song uh, The Perfect Crime by Faith No More. I'm never going to listen to that song for that reason. <laughs> is this the thing that fucks you off the most about the whole thing? Like, the fact that there's this dead concept that fucking can't be understood? Yeah, nothing about it makes sense. They're the only two aliens in heaven. There's two of them that become one person to make it less efficient to make two robots. <laughs> he then disassembles himself again to relax and continues to be useless because he doesn't even play bongos later on after they specifically introduce <clears throat> him playing bongos. They just are as confused as everyone else when they disappear into a phone booth and come back as two completely different people with small children. <laughs> at, at no he, point are they relevant to the story. He, he or they also has has a giant ass. Yes, I, I hate it so much. It is. A, it's. It is. I will say I'm okay with the station thing, but it is a grotesque design. I don't know. Really, don't, and it, there doesn't seem to be much about that character and how that came about and I really I really fucking want to know what station is where that came from well, it, it feels like it's like this whole thing with station being like a weird deformed looking creature and then the scene where they kind of like merge together and become like a pool of like Morpheus blob flesh seems like <laughs> this was like the spark of inspiration for Alex Winter when he made Freaked yeah, yeah, it's def- yeah, it's got very, very strong freaked vibes. But they are, they're like, they're like even more mutated Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, I just, just fuck off. Like, it, it, like, I get, like, I get where it comes from. It's like, okay, we want to stick an alien in. Oh, like, 
okay, you didn't expect there to be other races and aliens in heaven, which is, okay, yeah. But there weren't any other aliens in heaven. And then... Well, you could argue that they were only in one room of heaven. <sighs> it's just only happened well, to have again, two aliens. Again, like the station dialogue joke, generous reading from Anthony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we are like, going to give this a lot of leeway. Uh, and then the other aspect is so, like, grammatically, a bit of an awkward joke where, oh, so like, well, Bill and Ted are two. They're called Bill and Ted. These, this character is called one thing. Station. There's two of them, apart from when they merge and become a bigger one or demerge for no reason, like Abby said. But like, so grammatically, it's like a pain in the ass joke. That doesn't serve anything other than us. Weird, isn't it? And then, so they're the world's greatest scientist, but they can't say anything but their name and noises, and they're just like morons who are little like they're little monster blokes, hairy, ugly, fucking aliens that laugh. It's like they have nothing to do with being geniuses. Like they, it's just like we what we uh, had. A... I don't know. I di- I disagree with that because most most actual geniuses are also really fucking weird. Okay, but like, why? Like, you know, it's so it's so random, and so like, it's sort of like okay, the weirdness is a joke, fair enough, but they're just annoying, and the continuity just goes fucking bizarre. It's like they can only say their name, they titter and laugh like morons, they got ugly asses. It's all they're just hairy, disgusting monsters that merge occasionally to become a bigger one. Then they separate. Then they're in the band. Then they don't play. Then it's just obviously we've got people in costume. We don't know why they're there, so they just be background characters. And it's like, oh, you're 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 important to history now, and and people are going to say your name for some reason, but no one's going to question who you are, why you're there. You weren't mentioned at all in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. There was no mention of aliens and death in the band when Rufus comes and said, Wild Stallions are going to be big. It just shits co- continuity everywhere. It just fucks it all and it makes a big mess at the end. And, it, it, that's the, and it's ugly. It's aesthetically very judgy. Is, yeah. Do you, know what, do you know what I really don't like about because like i said i'm okay with the station design i'm 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 kind of fascinated by how ugly it's like looking at the elephant man like what a what a thing to have happened um but what i can't get past is when they merge into one giant one it's the hair on the giant one because it's like it's it's there's a lot of it but it's too thin and i don't like how much you can see like skin underneath the like thin wispy hair that first i don't know why that freaked me out so much and, and <laughs> but it was like this is bleh. like it made me itch and you, you have access or you had access to a time machine and all the dead celebrities in heaven including einstein uh who was part of a charades game with these fucking monstrosities and you could have picked some you know scientists to make you a fucking robot from heaven or time and we bake up a character that makes no sense in order... Like, why can't we get the world's greatest roboticists or something? Not Bollock's character we made up because we were too drunk to write the script that day. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that the character came from a typo that made them laugh when they were drunk, I guess is kind of... That's the origin story of this bizarre walking tumour that's in, that's in the story. Yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't get very far before the main problem I have with this came up, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the plot. 
<laughs> I think that's that's good. I wanted that out because it was it was in the back of my mind. It was scream. This word "station" was screaming at me. Bring up the thing that annoys it, you the most. It is also like it 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 does make it additionally annoying when they're split in two because they are voiced by Frank Welker. So you can immediately hear Frank Welker doing his typical like vague animal alien voice. <sighs> Just tedious. They're really irritating as well, on top of all that. Anyway, the premise at the start is still alright, though, because, you know, Terminator's a good idea. This bad guy sends back, you know, they look exactly the same as Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters, uh, but they're robots. There's only one of them. Sorry, one of him. Actually, that's not true. I'm sorry, that's not true. There's There's multiple of him in this. There's there's two robot ones. The Winters. Um... (laughs) But that's the the thing is, uh, that guy, evil dickhead bloke with a silly name, is like, okay, I'll send a, like a copy robot of Bill and Ted. They'll ruin things. Yeah, I don't think about it too much. But I did like the practical effect where they show that they're robots. They peel back their faces and show yeah. the workings and their chests. That was really like a fun practical effect joke, right? Hmm. There are like, and presumably the budget for this one was significantly higher because there's so much practical goofy effects aren't there yeah yeah and i like how kind of kind of gross they are but without straying from you know pg territory but yeah them like pulling pulling their mouths open to reveal their full robot skulls and the fact that they have like weird like denture teeth yeah but then i guess so did terminator right he had like regular enamel anyway well i mean he was Half biological. Yeah, well, well, I mean, well, okay. let's not question it. Um, <laughs> was this something about about you liked Anthony the the massive amount of visual effects jokes they did, Anthony? Well, yeah, I think that's one, if not the best thing about the film, is the fact it goes just balls to the wall in giving you really absurd and stark imagery, kind of like all the way through the film. Like there's mm-hmm. there's obviously like moments like uh, like the robots when they like take their heads off and um, like slam like dunk them into like hoops and kick them into bins or whatever. Yeah, but then you know you've got the stuff like portraying hell and they've got like these floating rocks on chains. Oh, all the weird by like the devil and then all the angles. Yeah, and you know it gets like really freaky, kind of like in that middle section. And it's all, um, like, physically, we had to make these stupid things. We had to make these props, and we put on the f- funny costumes to do this stuff. It wasn't just, let's get round everything with editing. Yeah. And then some of, like, the weaker moments are when they are kind of, like, using more kind of CGI elements. Like the like the bits where, like, their ghosts are a bit goofy. I like oh, I like yeah. the joke that they're grey. When they're killed, though. Oh, no, no, yeah. I, mean, I, oh, no, no, no. I meant, like, the bit like the seance when they're kind yeah. of, like, floating there. Oh, right. Rather than practical. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I will sing a praise of the film, right? So the robots are sent back. The evil Bill and Ted. They, again, the evil Bill and Ted are still quite positive, and they're Bill and Ted, so they irritate the bad guy who invented them. I like that. I like yeah. that they're. They're like they. I like that they're not just we are emotionless and we'll kill. Like it's like they do. It's Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter being the same, but being dickheads and mean. Yeah. Like and and 
and they're programmed to fuck over Bill and Ted's life. And they're sent back, and they successfully... They get them, they take them far away, and they make them basically jump off a cliff, like the cliff we saw in the Star Trek episode as well. That was a nice touch. Yeah. But, like, they, they murder them straight away and succeed. And you go, yes, yes, they fucking would. They're advanced, really strong robots who look exactly yeah. like them and can replace them. Of course they fucking succeeded. And then Bill and Ted get to be in these, like, grey-suited versions of themselves. And then we have the whole death thing. But, like, I, I did like that. It, oh, they were successful. And the predicament is, oh, shit, Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted are dead. This is this is the thing, and I think this is the part. It's the reason that me and Anthony like it, and the reason that you and Abby, or Abby in particular, don't like it, is that it is a complete left turn from the first film. Um, and like the way it starts, is it feels like a sequel to Bill and Ted, like mm. the beginning with the university and everything. And then Denominus comes in the two robot versions. Once it gets to oh, they killed them, that's when it goes like all right put the fucking brakes on, because we are going in a wildly different direction this time. Well, Abby, um, um, sorry. Abby, wasn't the moment... Because you were okay with the start as well, right? Or were there... I mean, you weren't in love with it, but you were happy enough at the beginning? I think there is an exact moment where I was... I was no longer... No. Was it when they wedgie death? No. No. Front wedgie. Melvin. Melvin. I started off like optimistic. I was like, you know, I've watched this for a long time. Maybe I was wrong. Then there was a moment where I was no longer charitable, and it was going to have to work hard. And that moment was when Evil Ted said, "I've got a full-on robot chubby." Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't okay. Very, very early nineties kind of joke there. I like That's what I mean about them coming through puberty as well, where it's yeah. like, oh, you've turned into those older teens that I... Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. And they'd, be, they'd like, what, what's they, they still use slightly uh, nice language, don't they? They sort of, what phrase, they want, they want to have sex with their girlfriends, but they, they call it... Put out. Put out, yeah. They, st- they still also, edge around uh, yeah. being too adult, don't they? They also use language wrong unless i missed something in the early 90s they say non-heinous yeah to mean that I, something was bad i don't no 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 it was they keep saying non non-heinous right oh okay but mm, this is non- the thing bill and ted are quite weird they talk a bit like russell brand or something where they have all these weird they have normal yeah. surfer language <laughs> but they have oddly oh we've borrowed a thesaurus for the day and we say odd words like triumphant and they do yeah, they I do mean, the weird hand gesture that socrates does a lot and it's just like why, why do these guys say these weird words and then like that's a good example where they say non non heinous and like yeah. what the what we what we mean what are we on about who used to yeah, say um, heinous in the 80s what's that just bill and ted i guess i'm pretty sure that was a thing oh i, I get but heinous isn't that, well, that weird is, is it that is a kind of running joke between the films though is that they would just slip in a word like egregious or something yeah. here and there. Be um, like be excellent to each other is like a good one as well because it's like that. It's almost like hyperbole, isn't it? I do always like the the hand on the heart, the arm outstretched. Theatrical. Like, it's, such a, it's such a great like. This is what I think I should do when I'm saying something meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> just their the arms, just the their gesticulation. Gesticulations are so funny the way they just. There is a. Like limp-armed gesture. 
There is a thing that they both do in both films, and presumably in the third, hopefully in the third, but it is every time I, in my head I imagine Bill and Ted, the first thing I see is them doing this physical tick. And Keanu Reeves in particular does it really well. And I don't know how to like describe it properly. It's like the head tilts. I know which, not quite the head tilts. It's this weird little like jump and smile that they do. Yeah, when like... They, like you do a yeah, little I, off your off your heels kind of like you bob and you smile and you tilt and you yeah. gesture, <laughs> like like it like like a little mannequin puppety yeah like thing yeah, it, it, they're like, adorable. It's like it, I was I was going to watch them both for this and then I thought no I don't know if I can because like I may start doing that <laughs> at the very least for the rest of the day. It's this weird infectious little positive gesture. And I also do like that. Yeah, the evil robot versions of them do it as well. <laughs> like, yeah, they they all they do like the like fake air guitar that makes actual music. That's a nice touch that they all do. Are they when even when like the robots are betraying Bill and Ted, they all like join in with the air guitar at the yeah. same time. <laughs> even though Bill and Ted are like fuck you douchebags and treat them I mean. Like that, yeah, I like that the stupidity is like consistent across all four of them. It was a nice callback, actually, when they when they turn up and they're like, oh, we've time travelled. We're used to, we've met ourselves yeah. before. We accept it. And like Ted is a little dubious, but they do the whole, uh, what number am I thinking of? They don't do the sixty nine. Do they do three, which is not as funny. Yeah, how many fingers am I about to hold up? Three, and then he holds up three fingers. It's it's, it's crap, just but it's one of those yeah, delightful, I mean. stupid jokes that films like this do really well. But once, once, so we got robot evil Bill and Ted being cunts to everyone, and treating the girlfriends like trash. I, the one, the I, another positive. At one scene, even Bill and Ted, f- like drive the van or something to the girlfriend's house or a séance or I can't remember. They do the girlfriends right, and they crash and smash through the window <laughs> and smash through the house because they're robots. They, they, yeah. they, like it's fine. They just carry on, and I did like that. Yeah. But that's um, but it is once Bill and Ted give a Melvin to death and piss off down the road. Hold on, you it, can't. We can't. We can't just passingly introduce death because he is potentially <laughs> the uh, best thing about this film. Or worst. Or the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so William Sadler, who uh, is he, the one that you see do naked yoga or whatever it is in Die Hard Two, oh. or naked Tai Chi. That could be a good I bit of trivia. I will find out. I'm pretty sure it's him. He's actually uh, the he's... the real death from Seventh Seal. That's who he is. He is in Die Hard too. It doesn't specify. Yeah. But there is a yeah, there is a one of the bad guys is introduced in Die Hard Two doing like naked Tai Chi um, in a darkened room, and I'm pretty sure it's William Sadler. Um, but anyway, um, William Sadler, who other than this typically plays like. You know, men, manly men, men, manly men. He doesn't play uh, people with alopecia, albinos with alopecia in black robes. No, the yeah, he's literally playing death from the seventh seal. Yes, that's a weird reference for Bill and Ted Bogus Journey. (laughs) That's part of why I like it so much, Mm. but. It's also his sheer commitment to the character. Well, his silly accent that he does consistently. Yeah, but he he is enjoying himself so much. I don't, and Bill and Ted don't seem to care about him. He's always there being like, I'm part of it, I helped, I'm doing stuff, and they're like, 
yeah, whatever, man. Like they don't, yeah, they don't care about him. That's yeah, because it's it's yeah. great, cause, like how they kind of at first they fear him, but once yeah. they've kind of like vanquished him, he becomes just an annoyance, like a tag along. Like the, this is the the deal was weird because like. Okay, so in Seven Seal, it's about a man. And is it a knight or something? Anyway, he's playing chess on the beach with death, and it's all arty and metaphorical. Um, but in this, they make a deal that we don't have to go to hell if we can beat you in a game of your choosing. And then they obviously they play uh, battleships, which is good. And then death's like you know, best out of three, best out of five, best out of seven. It's like a nice joke. They play like what do they play? Twister? What else? Cluedo. They play. Yeah. Um, football, like mini football Yeah, game. the little electric uh, American weird. football game. Um, it's... Uh... And then, but then for some reason, Death has... He's it's not just, okay, I'll, I'll make you alive again. It's, I will be your servant. So, so I had taggle out long... Like, I don't, they didn't make a clear enough deal. Yeah, Death's just think... with them because, I guess, he's contracted to stand about and be awkward. I mean, I think he's bored. And obviously is in is in desperate need of positive reassurance constantly. But is the reaper is he not reaping souls anymore? Is, is no one able to die now that Bill and Ted are busy? I, I actually didn't think about that. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Yeah, is death suspended? Well, I I agree that he's my favourite part of the film. Um, I I will concede that I think he's in there a little too much towards the end. Like, if he had left after the heaven bit, yeah, uh, I think it would have been a little stronger. Um, although I do like the idea of him playing the bass at the end. Um, but no, I uh, easily my favourite part of the film was just his delivery of some of the jokes and the kind of I suppose you'd just call it physical comedy. I don't know. It was just his reaction to him having to wear a dress. Was... Yeah, it's odd that... It sort of works as a joke, sort of annoys me, but, like, in... It is a kind of... It is a kind of, like, look, Looking back at it now, where it's kind of like, oh, it's that joke where someone has to wear a dress, ha, ha, ha. I mean, I don't know, it just... Yeah. It just fits in this movie. It's just... Sure. It's... That's the whole film. Him well, doing the high voice was probably my, not not the first bit, but the bit where the uh, where the guy allowing people in with an audience with God says, "Don't I know you?" And it's like just a really quiet, awkward no. Yeah, I, I like that he has to while Bill and Ted piss off. He kind of says to God, "Look, fuck, what's he say?" Like, yeah, it melvins like, me. I saw like yeah, just. It's a long story. It is a fucking long story as well, because, like, it doesn't... I think what... what okay. To, in order to get to hell, to get to heaven, to, for some of this to make sense, what happens, essentially, is Bill and Ted have to suss out being ghosts. Uh, there's some nice oh. ghost shit going on. Before uh, before I forget, I got two Exorcist connections. I just realised they... Not only do they mention Exorcist 1 and 3, but there's also... A, tangential Max von Sydow uh, connection through the reference to uh, Seventh Seal. So, appropriate for the 300th episode. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) But, like, so, Um, the gimmick gimmick that works uh, quite nicely is they 
think, oh shit, what we can do, we have to tell about the murder of ourselves. So they go into like Ted's dad in the police station giving like a talk to the cops, right? <laughs> and then they jump in the, like Ted jumps in the spirit, like his ghost self jumps in the year and he, and he I guess he, what's the word? Uh, possesses, possesses his own yeah, dad. His dad, and it's a hilarious <laughs> impression of his own characters. Like him, oh, him being Ted giant. is so funny. Yeah, he really does a good job as well. Like he really was committed to that. The other guy, not so much. With no, Bill, he kind of sucked. The, the guy from uh, uh, Total Recall. Oh. Um, Ryan, yeah, he's something or other. He's the guy who. Uh, turns up in the middle of Total Recall to try and convince uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character to wake up from his dream. Mm. Roy Brocksmith. Um, And then, yeah, he's like telling him, you know, all of this is an illusion, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't wake up now, we'll never be able to get you back. And then he sees the drop of sweat and shoots him in the head. Um, Put on a lot of weight (laughs) between that and this. But no, it's like the 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 impre- the basically oh I'm my own dad standing there doing all the Keanu Reeves <laughs> gestures and the fact that he keep I love that all the cops are watching this guy suddenly yeah. be possessed I mean he keeps talking to Bill who no one could see and it's yeah. so fucking like they're like talk like because they, they're morons they're not like oh we must I must pretend I must <laughs> do this like my dad he just talks as himself makes no fucking sense and of course he doesn't get understood or believed so- it's so funny. He responds to the invisible ghost Bill's air guitar by doing his own air guitar, yeah. which then comes out as like uh, acoustic classical flamenco music. I mean, this mm. this stuff. I, I mean, I'm, like stuff I'm on board with. The ghost concept, I think, had more legs than all of the fucking heaven and hell shit. I think they, if they'd have been trapped as ghosts, it would be more fun to explore that. They basically go to an exorcism. That is it. Missy is having an exorcism. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. she's having a seance. That's it. Yeah. Exorcism. We'd have to have a new age People who want to meet odd historical figures. Yeah. Missy herself, for some reason, wants to meet, uh, wants to talk to notoriously racist bastard baseball player Ty Cobb. <laughs> Why not? Today he's good at baseball. Uh, um, also, they do. They go and visit their own apartment whenever they're ghosts. Yeah, I, think uh, I have a question. How the fuck do Bill and Ted afford an apartment? Pizza yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't have jobs. no, they clearly don't. Then they get paid in what is it? They get paid in something cheese in cheese, and something cheese and che- I don't know, Sack I food. Remember, but, junk food. Um, no, whenever um, like after they've proposed, they say uh, with a cheap do you plastic think when we're when married. Nice. Yeah. Do you think when when uh, the babes marry us, they'll stay over? Yeah, like, so weird, Like, not quite adult. Also, and again, another really good little quick joke that I did like was um, they get into the apartment, the phone rings, it's the princesses, and Bill's like, "How did you get back so fast?" <laughs> like, because the 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 scene begins with the princesses driving away, then as soon as they walk into their apartment, they get a call from who they think are the princesses. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing is, I like that in both movies, the phone booth does get used as a phone booth to trick people. I mean, admittedly, Evil Bill and Ted voice modulate to pretend, but I like that there are times where it's also for f- making fucking calls on. That's nice. Yeah. 
But actually, I mean, I see, I'm in danger. If we stay in this half of the film, Abby, I'm in danger of liking this film. <laughs> yeah. no, we'll get there. It'll be fine. But you, you must, Abby, you must have been enjoying some of this. This wasn't all bad, right? It was like some good shtick, some nice ideas. It was imaginative. Give me a moment. <laughs> we just find a, a Todd. In, let me find a little turd in the punch bowl. What about what about the uh, whenever there's ghosts visit and see the evil robots like hassling and I, I guess kind of trying to rape their fiancés, um, and then uh, evil Bill laughing and throwing whatever the snack food he's eating at his own head. <laughs> like I wasn't <laughs> entirely sure what he was going for with that one. I didn't like that, but what really bothered me was what the good Bill and Ted kept doing. Okay. So, for example, during the seance, they try and... First, they look down Mrs. Top by accident, then they actively try to, and that was like... Mm. She's your mom, dude. I mean, they're still gross teenage boys. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. They're fucking uh, gross. Oh. <laughs> every now and again they'll do something where it's like I don't like you anymore yeah, it's robot bonus, it's robot chubby time again isn't it <laughs> ghost but, chubby but so in, within the seance it's quite weird, these guys have gathered around for a seance before presumably and want to talk to people who are dead and famous and then this time it goes fucking like a mental horror film of shit, like, shit flying around the room all kinds of, it suddenly becomes a genuine thing where Bill and Ted's spirits are basically ghostbusted into what 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 is the situation? Like I know this is what sends them to hell, but like Well, they they know like they see her performing it and then but they know it never works. And they're yeah. like, well this time it's not mm. that she doesn't summon them, they just use They the use that opportunity. And then the uh the like the ritual that she does to like send them to hell also definitely works. Yeah, she gets a little. She they they start freaking out because it's working, and then they're like, "Oh, this is yeah. I'm gonna get rid of you, spirits!" By they all do the cantation from the fucking book or whatever. Wait, I wrote down what that book was called. Where is it? <laughs> a Bible of naughty ghosts. They get toilet Yeah, but it's like she has she. For the first time, has a successful seance and successfully sends it to the underworld. I'm like, good, good on you, Missy. But yeah. I mean, you might want to talk to the if you've had success, you don't freak out and panic and then do oh whatever. Well, I think the the and it's not made all that clear, but I think she's she thinks that it's it's demons pretending to be Bill and Ted because they're talking about how they've been murdered and you know oh, she's like, maybe. oh no, this this must all be lies. Cutting it some slack again. Um... So the, the the hell aspect, let's get there. We briefly touched on it, but they meet, meet Satan and they're kind of like, oh, we're going to fucking do metal symbols to him, like the devil sign, ha-ha. And we just fanny around. I kind of don't quite get why. So we got the Grim Reaper they do a deal with, and then they're in hell. They don't do a deal with Satan, which is a classic No, trope. they don't. Oh. He doesn't care. He's just like, whatever, just be tortured. Well, they're too, they're too naive, like, at this point. Like, they just ask if they can go, and he's like, yeah, and then dumps them into the really well-designed uh, Corridors of Hell set. Slightly too small, I, genuinely would be irritating to have a crouching yeah, corridor. Yeah, awful place. And then, um, this is also, like, the film does so much just visually with 
the way it's filmed is much more energetic than the first one. They're more imaginative. There's more, there's more like diff weird shots. There's more like the cuts work. They they think about the shots going into the next shot more in this one. There's some very, there's some very like Sam Raimi style, like fast cutting and. We get some shots that are like under the floors where like we see death's feet as they're walking on. We get loads of more imaginative angles and stuff, don't we? In Um, fairness, but this is the most wacky, dreamy sequence-like bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they have the, oh no, before the personal hell, they have the hell together with the Colonel Oates, which is where the Silky Boys thing came from. (laughs) I've never, because like, I've never watched this film with subtitles before, so you can't really hear what, because he, uh, they're in this like Tim Burton version of the military school that they've been threatened with. Uh, since the 80s, which is a very 80s thing to hear, like, a parent threaten to send their child away to military school. Like, once they're 18, um, can't they just be like, nah, I'm not going? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's like, drop and give me infinity. And then while they're, like, trying to do a single push-up, um, he's, like, walking around them, insulting them. But some of the insults were coming up on the subtitles. Yeah. And the one that stood out was, you're not strong, you're silky boys. <laughs> it's just, oh god, that that one stood out for me. It's weird. I like, I like, it's, I'm alright with the personal hells being quite weird childhood things. Like, they're both, they both are regressed to child, this little kid versions of Bill and Ted. And they get their individual rooms right when they're in the corridors. And one is... Yeah. Grandma's Kisses, which is fucking like a house full of awful, it's like a blue bathed room full of creepy ginger relatives we haven't seen. And like and Bill. Also Alex Winter as the grandmother. With his horrible, like, hairy oh, lips. The hairs on the fa- yeah. To be fair, and again, just as a, you know, this is obviously a very, like, cartoony, uh, nightmarish depiction of hell, but like, the feeling from that family dinner scene for Grandma's birthday, I was like, "Oh, this is this is almost too real for me." This is this would be like, yeah, this is like early memory shit where you're like, "Oh, this genuinely upset me when I was a kid." Yeah, and then they get the same with the bunny thing. It is little things from your childhood, like the freaky pink room for uh, Ted, right, where he's seeing the childhood yeah. bunny toy, but giant and ate all of Deacon's Easter eggs. Oh yeah. I didn't. Just, that is sort of like a, the punishment. Pun- Any thought of the punishment? No, but like you'd be freaked out. But like he had been naughty, and then he freaked out. I guess. Yeah. Anthony, I guess this sort of weird shit was right up your alley. Was it this kind of random dream sequence, surreal horror shit? You must have been. Oh yeah. This is your heaven, and, not hell. And this is the thing. <laughs> like I always remembered about the film from like childhood. Yeah. Was like this was just this whole hell bit. And it is. It's it's genuinely creepy. It's more imaginative like, than just flames and demons and whips or something, isn't it? Yeah, but it gets that balance of being this is stupid, but it's also they've done it in a way where it is genuinely creepy. And my favourite like shot of the whole film was when they like they get out of their hells and they meet each other in the middle and then you just see like the, the evil silhouetted figures coming down. Yeah, and, um, the corridors. So it is genuinely freaky. And the the Alex way they're running. Yeah, him. Uh, he's just freaked he's again, so isn't he? He yeah, loves that is. shit. He's, he does some more of that kind loves... of thing in the third one, right? He's like in loads of weird suits. I guess they both are 
There's various. Yeah, they play... yeah. but yeah. um, no, he's like Alex Winter's very like character actor. Like he's he always seems to love getting dressed up in weird outfits and just playing really bizarre uh, characters. Yeah, it's odd like, that they like te- like didn't have like oh Ted is the bunny in his one. They didn't do like for like. That seemed odd. I don't. I don't want to see Keanu Reeves in a big weird bunny suit. I'm sure some people do. I do, yeah, but for other reasons, <laughs> for personal reasons. Yeah. You'd think he would have voiced the bunny, but instead they gave that one to Frank Welker as well. Well, with getting out of hell, right? So they go back to the whole gate, like the Seven Seal games with death yeah, thing. But like, death. how? Like they they're in hell now. Like they they all the, the challenges. That's the deal, never, though. It's like you can. Like, there's only one way to leave, and that's to challenge death. And, yeah, I guess everyone gets a challenge. But they've been to hell, and like they defeated death and ran away, and now they could just well, they summon de- him they again. Defeat, they didn't defeat him properly. They cheated and ran off. Oh, like, they cheated, right? Sorry. Um, yeah, it's just it's so him. it's like arbitrary, though, isn't it? It's just like oh, I guess we've written them. They want them to go to hell so they can suffer, and then they'll get out because they've remembered. Death can do a deal with you. Is, yeah, I mean, I think. The but Satan is, doesn't give a shit anymore. He's not in it anymore. Well, he's not part of that. He's not involved. Like, that's out. That's outside of his control. I think. <sighs> yeah, but so they don't escape to life. They escape to heaven. Is that right? Uh, he takes them to he- like it's it's up to them. I think after that point where they go. Um, also, we they ask just... him to take them to the greatest sign. They. They ask him to take them to someone who could help, so he takes them to heaven, and then God sends them to station with that weird disc map. Because God's like always a dickhead. Map. Why is this like... a silly map? It doesn't make a difference. No, but I like, I like that there's weird shit happening in heaven that isn't explained. Like okay, why? Yeah. Like, and it, you know, it's 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 recognizable, but there's some otherworldly stuff going on at the same time. Like it shows that even though not everything in this film works, they really did think possibly overthink everything that's in it they were they were creative and that's good throughout they're like thinking of ideas they're not just going by the numbers what is obvious here sure uh, well so in so heaven this is another qualm i guess heaven is full of people wearing white and lavender versions of whatever they wore so if you're a boxer and you died you're stuck wearing like lavender <laughs> boxing gloves or whatever your fucking uniform was in real life so and everyone's kind of boring and just milling around in a boring white heaven and people always make will, out that heaven would be dull i will say that as someone who this is one of my my qualms with the film is this in this sequence as someone who is a fan of like old school matte paintings yeah. and really misses seeing them and stuff the map paintings in heaven in this film are shit. <laughs> like they do. Like I normally don't mind if a map painting is clearly fake, as long as it kind of looks cool. But they, it, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work in this. Well, yeah. I mean, they're playing on the imagery of what heaven might be, and it's the white and the plain and the sort of. They do infuse it with a little bit of like a, a sci-fi feel. Almost looks. Or it's too like similar to like... man. Oh well, well, it looks you're drawing on the minimalist of the future, which doesn't work. You need a contrast, and you need it to be I don't know meadows or something. Anyway, but they're all in lavender, which is visually acceptable, but also like inexplicable. <laughs> but like okay, we're already in you know Judeo-Christian heaven hell scenario. But um, 
my, my, so Death takes him there, and then they have to trick St. Peter by giving a shit... Like, they have to get in a queue, so they, they clobber some people, <laughs> nick their lavender clothes, <laughs> even though they are dead, so that they should get lavender clothes. And they're like, what the fuck are we talking about? Well, they didn't come... Those were good boys mugging people in heaven. <laughs> yeah, does it make sense? Desperate times. But they're not desperate. They've successfully beaten death at, at board games, and they are good guys, and they're decking people, mugging them, and then it's like... They do, no. do apologise directly to God for doing it. But it's, but it's like, why did you even have to trick yourselves into heaven? We've already tricked your way out of hell. Like you have to, de- the death is helping you get here. I just, it's just, it's just fannying around for the yeah, sake presumably of. Presumably, he has the authority to just put them at the front of the queue. It, like what? I just, and then the but answers, then, the answers will do. To like, see, Peter's get, cool with it. Go on. Then you don't get death in a dress. In a <laughs> lavender dress. You, you don't. And get, that. Yeah, the silly hat. The <laughs> woman who was running in a meadow. Because you were like, what was weird, what was she doing when she died? I will I will agree with you on this point. I, I, I did feel like when they were robbing them that it was, well, this doesn't really work, does it? I mean, I get it. It's it's an obvious bit where they have to kind of like, you know, blag their way into heaven. But uh, yeah, it's one of, one of the small things that I didn't like either. I will admit that. And are they good or bad? Bill and Ted didn't do anything. They didn't. I mean, they're not even Christians necessarily. They don't go to church. They in a well, band. They might go. I mean, I don't know. they're not. They're, even if they just changed it to something like tricking them out of their clothes rather than doing, you know, going off screen and doing the cartoony kind of punch noises. Yeah. Well, they are. They're dead, so they should just become lavender. Like they would turn grey when they were ghosts. Well, no, because they didn't like. It's not. It's not in Seven Seal. See, in Seven yeah. Seal, they don't. He doesn't wear lavender it's, and go to heaven. It's. It, I, it, after after how sort of like energetic and over the top and and fun the hell sequence is, and then also immediately after that, the whole sequence where they're playing all these different modern games with death. Yeah. Um, still a hoot at that point. You know, all of that is very. You know, it's it has an energy to it. It's it's funny. It's it's yeah. stupid in a way that is, you know, it's very deliberate. Like they they are fully, it's it's one of those times where the comedy is being done to make the people writing it laugh, and yeah. it becomes infectious. Like it all works Maybe. nicely. Yeah, the heaven stuff is. I don't know. It it does it. This is the point where the film kind of collapses a bit, and then has to like. Uh, someone has to come with like fucking jumper cables and start the battery back up again. Yeah. <laughs> like the heaven stuff doesn't like the it slows the pace down and it is. It almost feels like this like they didn't know where to go next. To, like they could have just gone directly from like beating death at all those games and then going back to life. Yeah. And then something else happened. Like yeah. And I think this is my major problem with the film is just like compared to the first film, it's got like a blistering pace. Yeah. Um, and it just keeps going and going and going. And even like even the last just twenty minutes, so much happens compared to like the rest of the film in the in the last twenty minutes of uh, the first film that it's just you know it's just so quick and fast. 
but this one it's got it's got definite dips um i think there's two major dips it's kind of like after the first scene there's a bit of a lull until um like uh, bill and ted get murdered and then this heaven scene again mm. also kind of affects the pace I think it's because you want more of like famous characters from history dicking around or being stolen or Bill and Ted back in time, but they they don't they 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 don't. They, I was surprised rewatching the first one. It's like oh god, it's just here's a Twinkie getting our timeline. Like we're not fucking around. We've got a, a like a ticking clock on the um, get back and do our you know uh, what is it like a talk a lecture. That's exam. Oh, yeah, the report. Yeah, yeah. So there's like that pace we have to get going. The characters have to experience San Dimas or whatever it's called, modern day now. They have to give the talk. They have to get through the talk quickly. Like, whereas this one, it does feel like, oh, we're gonna dawdle around being mad. That's um, the thing. It's like the first one has a simple premise that they did very well. This one, I don't know what it was trying to do. And it didn't succeed. <laughs> it's, it just fucks I, it, around NC, squanders every idea that it has, because well, it's like, ah, three jokes, move on to the next thing. Mm, oh, fine. Fine. Yeah. I think we've we've got them on our side a bit, Abby. They're like starting to say his shit, and that's what we want. They're on the dark no, side. No. You just both said shit things about it. The first yeah. film isn't perfect either. What? <laughs> <laughs> The first film gets really boring after a while. No, um, we want about. It's brilliant. Even when it gets boring, even if it were to get boring, you cut back to Napoleon in a fucking ice cream parlor or in a fucking like helping kids or booting kids out the way in the water park. (laughs) The Napoleon in the water park stuff is fucking great. Yeah, shut up. um, It's brilliant. (laughs) But it's it is like. Um, and again, don't, don't get me wrong. When I'm when I'm arguing about liking this film, I'm not necessarily necessarily saying it's good. I'm just, oh. I'm just saying I I really like it because I appreciate how fucking mental it is. And what is that that they didn't just do a retread of the first one when that, they got the chance? Yeah, that's something. Um, the but yeah, the problem is I think they had much more money and. They probably thought, like I said earlier, they're never going to get a chance to make another one. So they did try and throw all the ideas they had had since the first one into a single film, just to get them all in there and wrap it up. They're having, they're still, there's fun being had. It isn't a cynical sequel. It's, it's we want to have fun, and that's, that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, and like, that's that's the other thing as well. And that's that's one of the things that I do appreciate about it is that it it could have been a very easy cash in because at this point you had. You know, the, the first one was like a sleeper success. And then at this point, you had like cartoons, video games, mm. uh, the live action series. It would have been so easy to make a sequel that was just the first one again, but a bit more with more money. Yeah. And, you know, I um, think I think still- there was potential, though. To, time travel is such a fun concept. I mean, Doctor Who has been milking it eternally. <laughs> but like, there's so you could do more with, with a simpler premise than you don't need to reinvent the wheel necessarily. Yeah, here, they could have they could have done another time travel story that just didn't do the same thing. Yeah. But instead, they went, "No, fuck it, let's kill them and then follow them through the afterlife." But yeah. Um, uh, from what I know, and again, Anthony would know this better, but it looks like the second, the third one kind of combines both ideas. Yes, which is really interesting. 
Well, just, we'll, we don't know because we haven't yeah. seen it. But Anthony has his own um, thoughts but, that we'll uh, have to hold on to. Yeah. Well, in that one, they instead of going back in time, they they go forward in time periodically, and then they also end up in hell at some point. Ah. And death is back. Well, back to this but, one. Yeah. No, we're not talking about that. Let's stay on point, right? Let's yeah, yeah. Let's like no, like Bill, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let's zoom straight towards the end. They're in heaven. We don't meet God properly. He talks to them. He's not Alan- Alanis Morissette like uh, uh, Dogma <laughs> would have you believe. The other is, Carlin with God story. Oh yeah, I don't love Dogma as much as a lot of people do, but I, I do like, like the casting of Alanis Morissette as dog as dog as dog. <laughs> Godma. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so they 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 bail from heaven. They pick up. They basically find the stupid station thing, which we talked about. Uh, they pick up the best scientist ever. That is too hairy, discussing monsters. It's it's just yeah, it's a monster. And then they go to a hard. They they go to yeah, it's a Pokemon or two or whatever. Um, and then they go to a hardware store, get a load of supplies, and then they make station now morphed into one in the back of a van. Like <laughs> fuck, fuck the fucking. <laughs> There's a there's a oh. moment here that I had completely forgotten about. Yeah. That I really enjoyed, and it's a pointless joke. That's just it seems like they I think they came up with it in post production and dubbed it in. But it's whenever they're driving the van into the parking lot, Death is just screaming inside the van because presumably he's never been inside a vehicle before and well, doesn't know what the fuck is happening. He's also trapped with a giggling fucking alien genius, so that's irritating. With a big ass. I also. Oh. I also like the uh, the see you real soon to the guy smoking. Jesus, who was actually paid oh no the- no actually I I did laugh at that. I was being mean. Uh, I did. It was funny. They don't do I enough laughed, death doing I jokes. Laughed, I laughed a little too hard when he was like trying out a new scythe and was like, nah. Yeah. Abby, Abby no. you Abby, did you laugh at that? I feel like you'd like that joke. I had quite significantly detached myself mentally. <laughs> I don't know. I think you... Well, maybe. Maybe. Wait, well, so the, the hardware store thing goes on. They build... So it is funny that they, when they build the robots, they look terrible. They look like... Do you remember Bitzer? Like a, a children's creative show where like a robot in a van or something made crafts. I remember oh. the theme tunes. I remember nothing else about it. It sounds vaguely familiar. The robot from Bitzer looks like the Bill and Ted robots, I feel like. It, and... it, do you know, the design of those two robots makes me just generally think of, like, terrifying early 90s, late 80s British children's cartoons, like Bertha. That horrible thing with oh, the right. yeah. Bertha or oh, lovely Bertha. <laughs> That's much more pleasant than the robots. I like that. That's, that cartoon that was good. Hell. That's my hell. Is I die and it's I just a nice kids show. Ah, oh, there's something so haunting and awful. It's just like, it's just like Postman that. Pat, but in a factory. It's like working for no, Amazon. That's e- that's even more evil. Sentient, monstrous machine. That no, these fucking freaks. Hate. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I also like Death making the hair for Ted. And he, and he, he's like, "Give me some credit," and they're like, "Whatever, dude." Don't overlook my back. 
I work out all the time. Oh, and you're, you're, sleeping yeah. burns a lot of calories. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is all this, the build-up to the... So, Pam Greer is in this as a kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rock promoter, teen, Tina Turner character. I don't even want to start with the blow-off to her character. It's just so... It's just Rufus. <laughs> it's just Rufus. After having done fucking nothing, he's like, who else would let you into Battle of the Bands? Yeah, maybe you could have helped with some of the other stuff. <laughs> like yeah, like Rufus is like he he hooks on to the time machine with his metal with his plastic guitar thing. Like he throws the guitar <laughs> yeah. and like guitar hero guitar is pulled through the time wormhole of the bad guys uh, teleport phone booth. phone booth, and like but they just presume he's lost in the annals of time, and then no no, he somehow <laughs> somehow came out in time in the right place and dressed up as Pam Greer to let them into the Battle of the Bands because they were shit. If I make myself look like Pam Greer, I probably would. I mean, Pam Greer's great. Love Pam Greer. Um, But, uh, yeah, it is, like, he could have helped at any point, but also, like, whenever they beat death at all those games... They could have just said, well, if you're at our command, uh, can you kill Denomalus? Because, I mean, he's dead. Or the he robot, Bill and Ted. Any... Well, they're robots, so... Oh, yeah, so he could... That's so... scythe them in the head. But, well, you know, I guess the, the sort of funny joke with the... Ro- they build these ro- janky robots, versions of Bill and Ted. They're quite amusing looking. And then they just the robot walk up to the sort of Terminator-style <laughs> evil Bill and Ted, and punch their heads off. And just blow them up. Blow them I up, do, yeah. And again, the, this is, really, this is just praising Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I really like the confrontation between the, both versions of them, and then how amicable the evil ones are to being killed. Yeah, they're all right with it, because they're evil, I guess. They're like, yeah, they built good robotuses. Kudos to you, Bill and Ted. And like, they suddenly become nice. Yeah. yeah. Weird that they're nice about it. It's that that's how nice Bill and Ted are. Even the evil versions are quite yeah, amicable. They, yeah. they, they cannot not be pleasant, at least in some way. I did feel weird though that uh, we caught. There was like one shot where we saw Ted's double, and he was like, "Oh, that we shouldn't have seen that guy too much." We <laughs> yeah. like one shot earlier. It was like <laughs> it was like back at their apartment. It was like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just a. 57-year-old man with a full beard. <laughs> well, not quite. Speaking of uh, men with beards turning up, uh, just to make... So, the new the new robots have beaten the time travel robots, and we're all at the stage, the girls are there, the babes, and, oh shit, Bill and Ted still aren't particularly good at music. Well, wait, because you, you haven't talked about the uh, the defeat of Denomalos. Well, uh, it's kind it, of all to do with it, isn't it? It definite no. This happens afterwards. All oh, right, but it definitely does seem like they got to this point right in the script and were like, "Fuck, we have to end it." Yeah, yeah. Def- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just a clusterfuck, isn't it? It's just let's call back a few things and make a fucking bizarre ending with everyone. Like, so Denominus turns up because he could have just turned up himself at any point. <laughs> slams down in the middle of the crowd who are all accepting this. 
And he's like, I'm gonna like literally everyone at that concert witnesses the end band come on and then the most bizarre sequence of magic and surrealism ever. The the idea is that they just assume it's like Oh, it's like uh, Alice Cooper level Yeah. Alice Cooper level stage show where it's just a, a, a opera as well. But, like, Denomalus slams down in his time machine. He gets his gun out. There's a lot of that bullshit with, ah, but I'll go back in time. Yeah, and they, they you basically know. just go, hey, remember the first film? Yeah, okay, that's the end of him. Um, but it's just like, oh, a cage. Like, we, we must remember a sandbag, then a cage, and then just guns start appearing without any sort of, oh, we'll go back. And it's not that we'll go back in time and set it up. It's. We'll just teleport them in because we can't remember how the joke works. It's not. It's not. We've hidden a key behind a sign. It's fuck it. Stuff just appears because we'll it's do all, it later. It's all a way to get death to front wedgie, Denomalos. Yeah. and then that's the end of him. He does look like he likes it a little bit though. And <laughs> Denomalos is fake little gun. Where it doesn't work. I like the joke that Ted says. It's like, well, whoever does this last wins, right? So it's like, yeah, well, like no, this is all. What he's saying is, yeah, it, it like it's all already predetermined. Because if he would have won, none of this would be happening. <laughs> yeah, this is like well, again, so many right, questions. The Nomoros doesn't actually understand how time travel works. No, but he's defeated, hooray! And all of them are on stage, and then more time travel oh. shit, hooray! Or was there, there something else? A, uh, there is a death joke here that one of the ones that I don't like, which is his Bookum Dano. I was like, yeah, yeah there was no, no. for that one. No, it's this uh, sucks. But because <laughs> because we have this problem that Bill and Ted and the group aren't experienced musicians enough, future Bill and Ted, see, it doesn't really hold with the consistency. It doesn't have, it doesn't make sense with what the first one established. But older Bill and Ted with like cool beards, like ZZ Top style, and then a kind of. Uh, three Musketeers, know, little like, Jobbo on Ted. Bill is clearly supposed to look like one of ZZ Top, but I don't know who Ted is. He supposed to look like Dave Navarro or anyone? I think they just experimented with beards and mustaches and went, "If you don't wear this, I'm going to cry." Because Keanu Reeves looks genuinely. <laughs> they both look brilliant as this version, the future bearded <laughs> version. Um, but they they come back and they perform the concert, right? And because they have a, experienced their lives already, death so that, his little... yeah, death, and he plays bass, and then they 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 just they all it's just like all the characters are on stage and they don't try to make it make sense, but they, they didn't, um, go on, they didn't yeah. go that far into the future. They only yeah, like sixteen months, and not yeah, so sixteen months of practicing and they're Are good. You telling me, Bill grew that beard in a year. I and was half. just. I, I was just thinking that after I said I didn't think about it when I watched it, but when sixteen months left my mouth, I was like, "Fuck! How did he grow that beard?" Like, I don't know. Maybe it's only because I have four facial hairs and uh, can't grow a beard, so I don't understand. I can attest it takes a long fucking time to grow a long beard. Like it, uh, two years, and you got a good beard, but it ain't fucking ZZ Top long. <laughs> but like, um. Obviously, they they will let Anthony knows, but they they let them wreck on this shit because it can't make sense. But essentially, they perform they perform as from the future themselves while 
robot versions of them in the background or in the band. I don't know. Like it wasn't like in the first film. It wasn't. Oh yeah, Wild Stallions. It's young you, old you, some robots, some aliens, your girlfriends twice, <laughs> your babies, and Rufus possibly, and Death are in the band, and everyone that becomes a, a quasi religion and philosophy for the future that did not fucking get mentioned in the first story and now it's just a fuckload of people that don't make sense on a stage and I when, like and when worrying about continuity oh, in the bill and head this, there's so much bollocks though they didn't didn't <laughs> succeed at all to even make sense they just went fuck it this is we'll just wrap it up however we can they and also then, wanted william sadler to uh play an english dad around the breakfast table table why I don't know. I don't know why they cast William Sadler as the British dad. Just to, to have him not in death makeup, like we just see a few people around the. Oh, that's the other thing is Denomalus just makes. Wait a minute! I'm going to make sure this goes around the world, not just local network TV. And you're like, I mean, you've thought of that. You've thought of that the Wild Stallions have to be seen by everyone to create world peace, but you like just crowbar it in. He is considerate enough to put subtitles. On for oh, the yeah. non-English countries too. <laughs> yeah. But like, so th- these guys play, and the thing that also was annoying to me, we get a montage scene of magazines, which some of the jokes work, some of them don't. Like, it's basically Bill and Ted have had everything amazing happen to them after yeah. this. We get Can a montage I... of magazines, but they're not the Bill and Ted that play, it's the Bill and Ted that stood in the background like dorks and couldn't play. Why aren't okay. future, future Bill and Ted in their new look should be the ones being world famous and going to Mars and Wait, being good not, at sports. They're not on stage in the background. Like, they go. They get in the phone booth and it goes down into the ground and then the other one comes down on top. But that makes even less sense. That yes, they're it does. not even there. <laughs> but, um, no, the montage of newspapers has and probably my favourite... Yeah, newspapers, magazines, whatever. My favourite joke, maybe in the entire film, is the... Death wins the Indy 500. For no and reason. And the, the subtitle underneath it is, I didn't know I could run that fast. I don't get it. You're so easily <laughs> amused. This is like the joke is how bollocks and confusing it is. The like, Indy 500 is a car race. Yeah, yeah. But like, what's death is fast? Because what's the joke? Like... It's random that it's about like the new uh, the newspapers become about death a bit as if he was a hilarious character we all loved. I was a bit like, what? Oh, a shit. He wasn't. He was a tedious <laughs> tag along who just spoke in a funny voice and not even Bill and Ted liked. And he's in the band now and like I don't know the the split. I liked the he saw the split. He tried to do a single album and didn't. Work. I know the, the jokes were just like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, is this? Yeah. Again, they wanted to put everything they possibly could because they never thought they'd get to make another one. Apparently, um, the, the last montage bit was added right at the end uh, by the studio. Like, that, that wasn't uh, really? the original plan. Oh. That's what I heard, that the, uh, that the writers didn't write it and didn't even know about it until like the film was well, finalised. It doesn't seem necessary as a joke. Like, it doesn't matter when, if it's in or out. It, it's like... Well, it's not like it makes the ending better or worse, is it? It's not like, no, oh, we'll change odd, the ending. Yeah. It's just we'll add some jokes. That's an odd... Usually studio interference is about, like... We'll make it a happy ending, not a sad ending. Yeah, or can you find a way to make this worse? 
can we give like, can we give the female characters less lines than the lines they have? Oh yeah, they're tied yeah. above the ring, I'm aren't they? Wrong. They're like they, I do kind of like the joke of the the, the Is women it tied above the ring. T- not ring yeah, stage. Did. It's because it's like a fucking wrestling clusterfuck. It actually does. Oh, that might be my metaphor. Actually, <laughs> it's this is yeah okay. Um, but um, They're, the the girlfriends are tied up above the stage as hostages yeah. as well and have to be saved. Yeah, like that is a weird thing because yeah, studio notes would normally be: is there a way we can make their their uh, fiancés have less lines and also less clothes? Well, one change I think was they made it less violent. So evil Bill punches out one of the women at one point because they're not oh, listening. Missy. The bit where he like blows in her face and she yeah. goes over. And then supposedly they 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 in post they put in like oh evil breath dude, and it's like what the fuck are you on about? Why would robots have evil death, evil death they put, breath, knockout they put breath, evil breath in because post. they were angry that. They've been made to take the punch out, so they tried to make sense the of it. They could do, <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but like that supposedly was why they were able to knock people out out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. So you take out hitting women, I guess, keep in the homophobia. <laughs> um, I will, I do like as well that all this, all the build up to the idea of this song that unites the world, and it's a fucking kiss song. <laughs> Oh my god. And what about, like, they start I, playing a regular song that they, you obviously you can't write the world's greatest song, you have to yeah, do a tribute. They have, sort of, of, they have set themselves up to fail with that one. Yeah, like, you, you really can't play the song. At least at the end of the other one, you can have all the historical characters do the talk, it's, wow, this is amazing! Whereas you can't do the song. So, and then having, like, was it, like, God built rock and roll for you. Is that what it's called? God gave rock and gave roll rock to and roll to you. Yeah. Fuck it it's sucks. A, it's an okay song. I don't like Kiss. It's just so. my head in, and just because it's God in, I guess, and rock. And... I saw Route One bollocks. It's such a bollocks song to end on. I think it's a little misleading because it does. I think it makes it clear enough that that's not what they're singing. Yeah, their mimes don't match that song. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, and, and, then, I, well... and then they finish on stage, and the song keeps going. Yeah. So I think that's because uh, they start playing the song and then yeah, and then and then that song plays as to I cover kind it of up. say like yes, yeah, like well we can't actually let you hear what the song that unites the world because it'll change kind of your thing, world. So. But like I wanted to hear the song they played because 2020 could do with we could all be being a lot more excellent to each other. It would be nice for a utopia to kick off instead of this horrible dystopia we live in. I wanted to hear Bill and Ted's song, not bloody kiss and live in hell like we do now these days. Right, guys? I want to hear the song. And we never will because it got wallpapered over. Mm. Just want a utopia. When, when is it going to be the utopia the future was always promised to be? I want to have utopia problems, like what to do with all the free time I have because there's no jobs anymore, and how I'm addicted to virtual reality. Where are those utopia problems I was promised by people who made sci-fi in the past? (laughs) Anyway, uh, slightly bleak, we're heading... Right. Any other thoughts on Borgus Journey? Any bits we might have missed, or anyone got to know? So little things they wanted to bring up in defence or condemnation... Of the journey that was supposedly bogus, and let's be honest, it was bogus. Uh, the only 
thing I have, there was one there was one joke that we didn't mention where they're being sent to hell and they just keep falling and then after a while they just don't quite know what to do because they're falling so much. Yeah, do they like they played like twenty questions? It's quite a good joke. Mm. They do, but they also don't understand how the game works. <laughs> well, it's just that they're so uh in tune with each other. He gets it within like two guesses, doesn't he? Are are you a mineral? Are you a tank? Yep. Whoa, well done, bit. Because, you know, Ted established he loves tanks. I thought he'd be like, I'm Van Halen or something. Rich, you specifically asked me to write down that uh, Denomalus was a gym teacher. I like that. I like that he they establish that Rufus is, he was my teacher, and then, but he taught gym. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't prescient to anything. And was the push-up champion of the world. No, sit-up. Sit up cha- that's Sorry. weird, yeah. <laughs> sit-up champion. Just this My other guy. note is that on the opposite side to that terrible double that they had at one point, they had an excellent composite, composite shot for the murder where Bill and, evil Bill and Ted were holding good Bill and yeah. Ted on the edge of the precipice before they pushed them over. That was a fantastic composite shot. Most of it's pretty good. Like All the stuff where they're all on... like four sets of them are on camera together work pretty well. In fact, all of the like cute, like all the times where they obviously stick their head through a set to pretend that their head is loose on in a bin or all the times they have prop work, they obviously do trick editing where it's really sweet. It's really satisfying the way that it looks because it's done practically and it's done tongue in cheek and fun. It Like it's just imaginative and, and nice. It's not like some crappy, CGI rubbish and they don't have to come up with a cool set to get around the problem. So I do appreciate that they tried to do everything practically more or less. That is good about it. That's what disappoints me about this film so much is that they'd actually focused in and tried to do something coherent. They would have done it really well. They had the technical aptitude to make a really good film that makes sense. Instead they made just a ball of mess which has like some it has some good jokes it has some good imagery but it is just confused by the end it really shits the bed like it's got some fun ideas i like the idea that they try out some new stuff but for me the ending and as soon as the station stuff starts happening i'm like this is getting bollocks now this is like what are we talking about? I like I like the simplicity of the first one. I like it doesn't require a sequel as well, so it's like, do we even need to do any more of these? So this, in a way, can only spoil things. But I feel like it does just it becomes a clusterfuck, and that annoys me. And that's what goes wrong. And it's not so much that I don't like because Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are great. Everyone is in the right spirit. It's like this is fun. We're gonna have a laugh, but it just it annoys me too much. <laughs> That's what the problem was, I guess. What about you guys? Um, I'm pretty much the same as what Jamie said earlier on, where, you know, I'm I'm not going to say it's, you know, a masterpiece or anything, but it it is great that it did go in a totally different direction because even not, I'm not even saying that that's what you need to do with sequels because sometimes that doesn't work, like... Uh, the Exorcist 2 or Highlander yeah. 2 yeah. where they're oh like, my god yeah mm. this is not what I I came here for kind of thing um, but they I think they managed you know they managed to keep 
they they realise it's a Bill and Ted film, not a time travel film. It's not Back I mean. to the Future, is it? It's not trying to be yeah really slick. And so it's you know it, it would have been very easy just to make the same film again, and uh, I appreciate that they didn't. Uh, but not only that, I I feel like any a lot of if I do have problems with the film, apart from like a few major things, that they're the same problems I would have with the first film. If you know what well, I mean. Well, there's no stupid alien thing in the first one that fucks me off. So, <laughs> the, the, other than other than the the pace, which is my major problem, it does not have. It's not paced as well as the first film. Um, but I do. I. I. I I enjoy I enjoy this as much as the first film. It's because when it delivers on jokes, you can't argue, can you? It's like, if a comedy is funny, job done, isn't it? It's almost like taking the plot seriously is a bit churlish because it's more about, did you laugh at each gag? And the gag rate is pretty reasonable, even though it annoyed me a lot. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, it never stopped being funny. It just became more confusing. <laughs> That's maybe where I'd compromise. Anyway, Jamie, yourself? I think the metaphor that I stumbled upon yeah. is probably the most apt thing, like way to sum up the whole thing. It is like one of those like Attitude-era uh, wrestling storylines where it goes completely off the rails very, very quickly. But because of, like, I don't know, the Ministry of Darkness storyline with The Undertaker, when he started fucking sacrificing people and doing rituals and coming out in a fucking cloak with a hood on and Burning all that. teddy like, bears and shit. Just, like, absurd. And, like, if you had to, like really address it you're like yeah it's not great is it but it's so much fun because it's just it's just everybody going fuck it just go 100 percent in on this fucking ridiculous premise yeah it was me austin it was me all along <laughs> yeah, if I yeah and... to sort of flip jamie's metaphor where for me it's one of the storylines where like like the Katie Vick storyline for oh. me I'm like oh no this no, no this has gone entirely in the most horrible direction. Well, it's like it's like it's, it's like the Ministry of Darkness storyline because it had such potential at the beginning and then the more it went on the more stupid it became and the less it paid off. Yeah, it, it does. It still leads up to the reveal that for some reason Vince McMahon was the higher power and <laughs> all so of it nonsense. was kind of pointless. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is like a wrestling storyline. But that's good and bad, isn't it? I don't know. I, I'm, that's the, yeah, that works. Not... Both of yours work because it's like you, it's whether you like it or not at the end of it. Yeah, Should no? I do an alternate one or am I allowed to do the You're allowed, other side you're allowed the to, you know, flip the coin on Jamie's one if you like, Abby. It's like... I think I will do another one, which I was thinking about before you said that. And it's when... like. You see a really nice jacket you like, and you think that it's got like a full hoodie inside, but actually it turns out that it's just a hood sewn into the jacket, so it looks like it's got a hoodie inside. It's got that little bit with the zips 
sewn on on the front. And it's even got fake cuffs on the inside, so it looks like it's got a hoodie. And it's like, I don't have any of the warmth that I should get from the hoodie that's on the inside of this coat. Because it's the, it's fake. I'm, I'm wearing a fake hoodie inside a real coat. Hmm. So it's it looks like Bill and Ted. It seems like Bill and Ted, but really it's a load of old fucking knockoff moody rubbish. Yes. That's all right. I mean, it, yeah. I like the costume changes they did, but the Bill and Ted, they their clothes change, but they feel right. I, don't, I like the way they just change the look slightly. The fucking weird acid house jacket Bill has this time round instead of his weird eighties waistcoat, and the okay. sort of. Sorry, yeah, Ted. Oh, I did it. I got all the way through, and I think I did it right. Uh, the last hurdle, I got the names wrong. The evil robot Ted should have had a frowny face. Oh, that would have made sense, yeah. Shame. I guess they had the one prop for... No, they didn't, did they? The two. Um, Yeah, they should have swapped that round. Had a little frowny face, sad face. Anyway, like, uh, you know, if I was to do a metaphor, it would just be something quick and easy, like... It's like the janky robots that Station builds of Bill and Ted. So Bill and Ted yeah. Prime are good, e- excellent adventure Bill and Ted. And then the janky robots are, yeah, they're approximations, but they're kind of crap and ugly. And they're still kind of funny though, right? Bill and Ted's little robot version, like the janky robots are fun, but but crapper and make less sense. And, uh, you know, not as convincing as the Terminator but Bill and Ted. But like... That's what it feels like. It's like a janky, no, that's horrible <laughs> version of Bill and Ted. So that's how I think of Borgus Journey. Guess that leaves you, Anthony. Um, it's it's something like you go. It's like going to a theme park one year and you have a really good time. But you go back next year and you're really excited. Um, but they've kind of like they've changed all the rides. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's still enjoyable, but it's very different. Not quite what you were expecting. Um, but you know, it's still a theme park. Yeah. So it's just that. Oh, I want it to be like the other one, how it was when I came here the first time, but. I guess I'll get into the new design with a weird. You've re you've changed the rides up. It's sort of right, but it's different. Different themes, perhaps. Painted over some of the stuff so it looks different and wrong. They... Yeah, maybe maybe it's more like yeah they've like you went in the summer and then you go back in like the autumn where they've done like a horror kind of theme. It's terrifying. Where it's like it's a little tacky, but you know, still a theme park. Yeah, you're still getting what you came for if you if you're honest. Yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit all those things, right, guys? I don't think we came to it. No one won the battle. I think we've all stayed more or less in the same position, but we appreciate what it is. There's good and bad about it. No, no one's had no one's had a like big change of heart, have they? No. No, my opinion's exactly the same. Mine got worse. <laughs> Inevitably, Abby, yours do. You're always like looking back on it now. It seems like a crock of ocean. Every every time we talk about a film, it ruins it for you. No, that's not true. We've definitely had ones. We've had ones where we 
get persuaded, like, actually, yeah, no, through your eyes, it does seem funny, doesn't it? That does happen, I remember that distinctly happening. But, um, yeah. We may have to knock these fucking metaphors on the head, though. They're a pain in the ass. This might be the last time we waste our time with these long metaphors at the end. I think 300. I think the the joke's done, done now, guys. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe we'll have funny metaphors in future. But uh, like Bill and Ted, we have a clusterfuck of an ending <laughs> with all this shit. Um, but anyway, that's the end of our discussion of uh, Bogus Journey. And what a bogus journey it was. <laughs> Basically, any negative review of this is bogus, I'll say. <laughs> this film was bogus, bloody unwatchable rubbish. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, we have chatted about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Me, Abby and Jamie can all watch the third one and be annoyed or pleased either way. And Anthony can smugly sit there knowing I've already experienced that ride. Um, It'll be a combination of the both in parts. I've heard it's, it basically it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. People who have nostalgia will be pleased. People who don't care will be like, okay, whatever. I think it all it generally comes down to whether you're fine with the ending or not. Ah. I'll just leave it at that. I don't know. If Missy's married Deacon, I'm I'm quite I'm distressed before we even start. <laughs> at least they don't get that out of the quickly. At least they don't go to like a Wild West town and do the third one with a weird theme. Oh. Anyway, back to the future, guys. That's my reference horse. Just in case you're wondering. Uh, anyway, what like um, party on, dudes? <laughs> Be excellent to each uh, other. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, oh. Yeah. Station. Mm. Most untriumphant. Much, much too heinous. Sorry, it would have been not, 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 not heinous. No, it's just heinous, guys. Bill and Ted need to learn that. <laughs> just, just, just heinous, straight up. Anyway, whoa, dude. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Station. Ticket. <laughs> <laughs>